Rosca Pando Sili Brocotando Shadai. Mande Cabando Sica Pando Riketeli Brocomande Cadabashka Pando Scataya. Jicadababando Kurokota. Jicanduska Ila Bracatondo Sicate Libracata. Maliko Romando Cabande Skipando Scataya. Jikada baba bande kabarokota Zaba bande kelebrados kapandos kapandi ikandos kipando radabash kapai lebra ikandos katai O zada babande kalabrikotondo sikandos kamande da bandos kataya Rabapa kelebros kapa Zekandos ka ilebromandos katande labra Zoko mamande kada papa sheke tete le brokota zando kabande kete boroko mande kataya zai le brakos kamande kadosh kamande skitando shadai o kada papa si kamando kapai le brokota o zeko mamande kada papa skupando shkatai. Zakai la bracaton de kilibra babandi kadabos kapando shadai la bokondo kite le brokotai. Makei le brokota. Zila bramandos kapa. Jada ikandos kapande kilibra ikandos katande ilai. Zababa. O ki kite komando kanos kapande shadai. Kalabrakata. O sadababa nikatai jikokondo kapapa lebrakata alabrakato zikilebrakata makai lebrokopando shata o kalabrakato ziketete lebromando shkataya zandikite o rapapa rabakata pandikite lebrokota O zina mamanda katapando kata jande kalabra katandi katando kukotondo da baraba katando shadai makaile proondo skataya zekapa o kapa makande kelibra kondos kelibra dosh kamande kataya zada papapa ya ando kapaile prokota zekalabrakata Makando shande kababa rakata pande ketete zala brada babando kupando shkatande gala babando kutande yada babande kadabas elebrokuta o shadai o sheketete malikus kapande shadai shikeli prokoto. Zada Baba Kando Kukatoskite Librakata Mande Kalabrakoska Bande Kata Father, we bless your name. We worship you, O God. Zandi Baba Bande Kata for you alone are worthy of our praise. Labrakate Librakata Ancient of Days Librakapapande Kalabrakata Zalabrakata Librokokoto Silababa Great Ayam Makande Librakata O Selebede Bokata Self-sustaining, self-sufficient Eternal 
eternal and self-existing one labrakatos kapande labra ikadabasa labrakata o kabande kalabababande kete raka papa papa oh silly architect of creation le baba baba builder of faith throughout the ages le braka mando kapa baba de kilide de boshkata zada baba de kando skete le brokota jan de ketetete raka papa Makando salababa sikitete libro mandos katande kilibro o sidababa rekando skadai makapondo kopopopo zababa babande kalababa radabashanda kapando kokuto king eternal makaile brokomande kilirababando koto imoto zikalabashande katai invisible oh sekela bababande kadabro kotanda only wise god lebrakapa Oh, shkatande kilidibe. Be honor and glory. Zakando shkapande ilibrakatande sikete ilibrokomando dodobokuto. Forever and ever. Your throne, oh God, ye kalab, is forever. Labrakatande kadabaskataya. Zokomande yadabababa. And your kingdom is a righteous scepter. Labrakatapapapa. Oh, salaba, what is man? What is man? That you are mindful of him. What is the son of man? That you consider him. For God is love. Labosa, Abashanda Dadaba, and you are a spirit. Makado Kopande Salababande Kitty. Father, we set aside all our external things happening in our life, oh God, Labrakata, and we focus and set our gaze, Labrakata, heavenward, Labrakam, we focus on you, oh God, Lekandos Kapande Shadadabakata, Radababande Kitty. Rodobo Boskapa, Yedababande Kadabashanda, that of a spirit of the sovereign Lord, Makapando Kobala Bakapa Pandeke, come and take your place, Yedababashkapa, take your place on the seed of our emotion, Ledababa on the seed of our appetite, Labrakatapapa, Manda Kalababande Kete, Spirit of Wisdom, Rakadababande Kedababa. Oh Rababa, Zelada Baba, Oh Kababa, Spirit of Truth, Makapa Papande Kalabrakata, Shande Kambo Boska Papande Kete, Labrakata Papapa, Holy Spirit, Rekete, you are the only one who has the ability to sustain light, Makande Kalabrakata, Oh Kande Kete, Bobo Boska Papande Kete, Rakata, according to the Bible, Radabande Kete. At the entrance of your word is light. Ah, ba, ba, ba. And it gives words, gives understanding to the simple. Makandosh katai brakata. Mande ketete. Rada bababa. We submit ourselves, oh God, today. Yeda bababande kata. 
immerse us in your truth open up your word precept upon precept line upon line scripture upon scripture open up Oh, Kapande Kalabrakata, your word of God. Oh, Kalabrakata. Oh, Nibrakada Baba Ba. Zalababa Bande Kitite. We thank you for your graphic. Yedabash Kapande Dodo, your logos. Ye Kapapa. And your Rema. Makatapa. We thank you for solo scriptura, oh God. Rekitete, but today, tonight, oh God. Zalabashka Papa. Speak for your man, your servant, oh God. Your bond servant, your doulas your son and continue on the theme of it is written we thank you God but your love is un- indefectible is unfathomable it's, it's, it's incomprehensible Shande kete, rada baba limitless, yedada boundless, lebra kamande kadosa, jada baba ande kalaba shande kete, oh kalaba shande de de boboshkata. And Abba, we worship you tonight. Abba, we give you glory. Abba, we give you glory. Glory in the highest. Glory in the highest. Sabetulembre kisa batalatiela. Santa labodolia. Zebeti lacunan tavre kutibe. Zikalobro cosinaman tobo siketebreti. Zigete boroko rabatati ketebele canunda rabahasi. Zebre kekeketi barakoturia tabahata. Zamento di bredi. Zike lembro osibra adinento brakiska baba. Atwa lembro inembre keste bretia. Sibre don de brendi este brekititande de hedi. We want to say thank you tonight. Father, we engage in the warfare of thanksgiving. Thank you for the journey over these 90 days or so that we've been on as we count down to a date with destiny. Thank you for keeping us, empowering us. Thank you for commissioning us. Thank you for steering us in the direction of your will. For covering us. For empowering us. Ah, thank you for helping us to prosecute effective war. In the name of Jesus. Randa parokete bedi. Rekende brekista bradie kolaba. Mantor rebebebetia. 
for holding us by the hand and leading us leading us into our truth now lord as we enter this last week we contend in the heavens that all you have ordained all you have ordained in this month to set up by your glory we receive in the name of jesus we receive in the name of jesus we receive in the name of jesus Lord, we will not be denied. We will not be muscled out of your will for us. Tabradela, 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 Bradia, Secredomen Kitapa, Sentelebrekia Tapalata, Sapredon Teribrata, Zibretabra Curieta, Zebretunanga Badietoria Taba, Repelebrete Bebebeta, Rekete Mundaria Cababatua. We've come with open hearts, Lord. We want the fullness, the fullness of your budget for us. There is a budget in the spirit, a budget of glory, a budget of purpose. A budget of destiny a budget of divine ordination and we want the full complement in the name of Jesus Rekinanto, we will not be paid off with a pittance we will not be paid off with a pittance we will not accept a settlement we want the full thing we want the real deal Lord Jesus we come to the throne of grace we turn to the stronghold as prisoners of hope and we say we will see the reign of your glory this month it will be in november to remember Decades are about to converge. Generations are about to converge. Journeys that began with forebearers in a previous generation. Bloodline blessings. Bloodline ordinations. Bloodline purposes are about to break forth. La soprekete palatuna reketepa atonentia reketepa rokotoporente etwa 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 man se prekatapariata sata parokostepa.
Sata porokon tebeleketepa. Sapa torolos tebedita. Rakatapa. Etoboronto tiatabahata. Rakataboria tarabarunde rebereketikatabahadia. Ah, journeys that you began with us, Lord, long time ago. In mother's wombs. In childhood. Lesi prakoto parato pokoteata. In this season, you are bringing all things into alignment. We contend for the pluruma. We contend for the fullness. We contend for the pluruma. We contend for the fullness. We contend for the pluruma. The pluruma. In this season, we declare that you are gathering all things, gathering all things into the final thrust of your will. And we are ready. We say that we are ready. We align with you. We align with you, Jesus. Zegedibarata. Sabren toroboski de debreta, sikete bele bele berunta babatwa, rekete barakurutuni bidikitia. And as you have spoken, so shall it be. As you have spoken, so shall it be. As you have spoken, so as you have written, as it was ordained from the foundations of time, so shall it be. Roko pati prata papa repepelento rika rugaila rumenski papa robebeti runanze bredigidibidi ijabadwa ijabaradwata ekwanento porototo porokotavra testefenikata Father you declare in your word that you have crowned us with glory and honor. You have already crowned us with glory and honor. We receive the crown of glory and honor in this season. That that for which everyone was born, that for which everyone was called, that for which everyone came into the world, we receive, we receive on a corporate mandate. We receive on the strength of our corporate stature. We make a demand for the divine allocation of everyone's destiny and ordination. Let it be as you have spoken concerning us. Zebredi. Iarunan zegede baba. 
Oh, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. That in this season, as you raise men and women in the generation and cause them to approach you, your word says, blessed is the man that you call, that you choose and cause to approach you. Thank you for choosing us. Now in this season, would you cause us to approach you? Would you cause us to approach you? In the name of Jesus. Would you call us to yourself? Would you reveal yourself to us? Aitola. <laughs> Aitola Edurama Vizigadobo Rabatela Indaraba Sonela Zigada Broco Zebretelantobos Dedi. Would you choose us and cause us to approach you that we may be still blessing you? Would you light the path to Zion? Would you summon us with your light? Let our light shine that men may see our good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. <laughs> Let our light so shine that men may see this November begin to make your appeal in us. As we come to this Kokurata transaction called the summit, Lord, break out. Break out in power and glory. Break out in power and glory. Break out in power and glory. Would you break out in power and glory? Ayetomaile Sikataba. Father, I declare that if there be any ordination, any altar, any force, any power, any spiritual will, intelligence, and dominion that is capable of nullifying your condurnasia, nullifying your transaction with us this month. Whatever is written into the DNA of our reality that will delay, deny, destroy, or frustrate the workings of grace in transaction with us in this month, we break it in the name of Jesus. We expose it in the name of Jesus. We uproot it in the name of Jesus. Every veil, every demonic covering, every spirit of sabotage that works on the inside to invalidate what thus would say the Lord. Be broken, be broken, be broken. We break you, we break you in the name of Jikotaba. We break you in the name of Jesus. La tumeti kababwa. Everything in the mind, in the will, in the emotions, pain, mistakes, trauma, 
circumstances, abuse, addiction, sin, flaws, weakness, whatever has the capacity, dissension, division, unforgiveness, concupiscence, lost, rapor greed, ako unbridled ambition, zile kori fear, anxiety, loud rejection, dejection, frustration, laurukema, akwaka, smallness in our own eyes, whatever it is that the enemy can deploy. Whatever it is that the enemy can deploy to frustrate your dealings in our lives we attack tonight we attack tonight we command to be nullified we command to be nullified oh we command to be nullified father do surgery on us that we may appropriate all that you have made available that we may appropriate all that you have made available we speak confusion in the camp of every enemy ah we speak confusion in the camp of every enemy we speak confusion Zikre de Balia Taila Unde Breta Saprodente Breton de Breton de Riata Sikre Durie Keturia Baba Zigedebe 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 Diata Urababa Sunente Redi Aetolia Aetolia Taila thank you for the outpouring of your spirit thank you for the outpouring of your spirit thank you for the outpouring of your spirit thank you for revival Thank you for revival. Thank you for revival. Thank you for reviving us. Laurubas neketiba. Thank you for revival. Thank you for revival. Thank you for revival. For dead things find life in your will. Dead things find life again in your will. Zavedurabata. Dead the Ishnahatilabata. Rakoriabata. Elebradus Nahata Rokoriaba Sante Bedia Qualita Nantanabadea Cata Zigedebrata Zigebrata Zigebrata Zigedebrata Zigedebrati Likidiburukutila Brata Jabarabariata Lebelebelebe Suntarabra Rakorabata Reketebradus Nahadi Elebratu Zevedibrata Igada brogo zevedi brata mantwalego riata. Yes, Lord. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. 
Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Nana Nuna Arubata Arubata Arubata. You are with us. Yelubaria Kilabata. Ah, I can see that you are with us. We have nothing to fear. For you are going with us. And we're coming with you. Zila bayoko sebede. Sali oro Thank you for the cloud of witnesses that is with us in this season, cheering us on into eternal life. Thank you for the men and women who went ahead of us. Thank you for those who walked this journey before us. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. For in this season all things have been gathered into your will. And we will see the fullness of we will see the goodness of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory. Mm. <laughs> For now is the time and the season. For now is the moment and the day. We will see revival's reign. So send it now, send the rain. We cry to you once again. Send it now, Lord, send the rain. Show us your glory this month. Visit us. Show us your glory this month. Visit us. Show us your glory. Visit us. Show us your glory. Visit us. Ayekunanta. Paledu. 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 Arenun zegedibata. Zavraturi baba batula. Elebredun dakatiba. Ilabradoj nahatikabata. Manzuri kedebredi. Mareko pasa. Atule kwaleloma aiko. Thank you. Thank you. Wherever you are, would you lift your hands in the presence of the Lord? There is a nanduri kebara hani sekura. There's a transaction going on right now. Lord, we receive it in advance. We receive it in advance. All that you have ordained for this month. Starting tonight, we place a legal summons on. All that you have ordained for this month, we receive in advance. Let the heavens release their rain. Let the heavens release their rain. 
let the heavens release their rain we will not be cheated we will not be distracted we will not be bought off with mercy drops we want the downpour we want the downpour we want the downpour the torrential storm till we are wet and soaked in the lattering till the pains of the past are destroyed and dissolved in the reign of your glory till the errors of yesteryears become a theme of faint memory this month restore years restore time it is a small thing to you to restore time and times bring everyone up to date in destiny bring everyone up to date in destiny if a year can swallow another one then a good year can swallow a bad year we ask for joseph's dream in reverse that the next seven years would swallow the previous seven father let the next seven years in ikura in the blessing of the lord completely swallow up the last seven of pain and strife let the next 12 years of bokar completely erase the effects of every arev we thank you we praise you we give you glory we say it is done it is settled and it is finished to god be the glory great things he has done would somebody somewhere clap your hands oh you people and shout unto god with a voice of triumph amen all right let's go straight to the word of the lord tonight shall we let's bring the keys way down thank you sir straight to the word of the lord tonight um now we're back tonight at 11 p.m for the press today is a special press because um the volume thank you it's a special press because it is a it's a full moon right yes the full moon but it's also not just a normal full moon uh and by the way uh for those who wonder why we keep talking about full moons and and whatever um right so 
for those who wonder why we talk about this, the word moon in the Hebrew simply means Kadesh, which means month. The word month, sorry, in the Hebrew is Kadesh, which means moon. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's interesting to understand that the Hebrew calendar is a lunar calendar. Somebody say a lunar calendar. So uh, the, the Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar, but the, the Hebrew calendar is a lunar calendar. And so every Hebrew month starts on a new moon. And the middle of the month is a full moon. And if you look through scripture, just a brief summary, you see that every single feast of the Lord, every divine appointment, every moed, every time he tells these people he wants to have an appointment with them, will either be on the 1st or the 14th or 15th of a Hebrew month. Simply the new moon or the full moon. The Bible is very clear throughout scriptures, Isaiah 66 and several other scriptures, that God keeps appointments or kept appointments with the ancient Israelites around seasons and times that could be plotted by the course of the moon. And so while we live in the New Testament and we don't need these things for our salvation, the same way you don't need to stay away from pork, Tony, to be saved in the New Testament, your salvation will last a lot longer in your human body if you do stay away from pork. And so every single instruction God gave in the Old Testament as an element of salvation contained a principle of personal benefit. And while we don't need these things to attain salvation in the New Testament, they are not without their benefit. Somebody say their benefit. And so we at Kingdom Culture uh, and in prayer culture, especially the prayer culture apostolic hub, is far more than just kingdom culture and churches affiliated to kingdom culture. We have men and women there from several ministries and several houses around the world. We gather for strategic collaboration, for equipping, and for fellowship around all things prayer and intercession. And by the way, just newsflash, next year, Tony, in kingdom culture, we're going to hold our first ever strategic prayer and intercession conference. We're going to have an entire conference around the area of strategic prayer and intercession it'll line up with a consecration journey it'll be around the pentecost season and in addition to having three to four days of teaching and practical prayer in a building that entire week we will be up and down the country causing all kinds of trouble and we're drafting in some big guns from outside the country you hear about it in due course we're going to go to certain areas in the nation and pull things down that the glory of God may break out in ways we have never seen before. Uh, but today being, like I said, a full moon, in addition to it, to yeah, speak, sir, in addition to it being a full moon, it is also a very interesting phenomenon. What do you think it is? There is a particular phenomenon. I'm just trying to make sure that I, I quote it correctly. Just give me a second. Let me get my docs in a row. Yes. So there is a total lunar eclipse, right, that happens today. Has already begun today as we speak. Uh, and one of the signs of this, just give me a quick second. Just trying to bring this up. Uh, come on now. There we go. Right. So. The moon will supposedly turn blood red. So this is a blood moon phenomenon as it passes through the shadow of the earth. It's a total lunar eclipse and it's the last time this will happen according to the scientists until 2025. We understand from the book of Genesis chapter 1. Remember we taught all this. Uh, Maureen, we're coming to Birmingham. Don't worry. You, you, you know, you know, you know. 
Yes, we're coming to Birmingham on that tour. You, we, we have to come to Birmingham on that tour. I miss that city like I miss my name. Um, Birmingham is a special place to my heart and we're coming back and we're not just coming back to do a prayer and intercessory tour we're actually coming back to plant a missions base in the city of Birmingham so get ready uh, at some point next year now as I was saying we learned from Genesis 1 over the last few years last few year last year and a half that the Bible says the sun moon and the stars were put in place primarily for days seasons signs and times and secondarily for light. In essence, their primary assignment is to be a prophetic herald of what's happening in the spirit and to mark out seasons of divine activity. The Bible says in the book of, of Revelation that there will be signs in the heavens. Someone say signs in the heavens. And so we know that something is at play. Hmm. We know that something is gone on. Some say gone on. And so as a result, we're going to be gathering at 11 p.m. tonight. Trust me, nothing I would rather do than sleep. I was up all night, Tony. I'm barely standing. I, I want to sleep tonight, but I will not miss the opportunity to grab a hold of the heavens and shake them in the direction of God's will for me. So please don't miss the press tonight. The press holds every Tuesday and Friday at 11 p.m. UK time. But when we have full moons and new moons, we have special press gatherings. Today is a special, special press gathering. All right, let's get to the word of the Lord tonight. We're carrying on now that we're in the last seven days of this journey. And like I said, because there's been so much to cover and so little time to cover it in, there's certain days where I've had to just take a jump in the curriculum. And so yesterday I took a jump from the last time I taught, but I can't afford any more jumps over the next few days because this is the final stretch and where we get to, we get to. So First uh, John chapter 3, let's go back and pick up from where we left off yesterday. Uh, I'm excited to get into the word of the Lord. If you are to hit me up in the comment section or if you're in the room, shout yes. Okay. And so yesterday we began to look at this. First John chapter 3. As almost the summary of everything we have covered so far. How do we put it together practically? And how the believer should understand. The Bible says behold. Someone say behold. And we dealt with looking at what the word thorao behold means. To inspect intently, dissect with the expectation of encountering a reality that you are supposed to experience. We then looked at the word manner, what manner of love. That this love is of a different dimension, different quality, different essence. It comes from a different realm, different nation. It's of a different ilk. Are you hearing me somebody? Of love. And we stayed at love till we ended yesterday. Agape. We defined it. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to see how it works and how we, we dealt with the fact that God is love. We see that in 1 John chapter 4, the next chapter after this, that God is love and therefore your growth in God is measured by your growth in love. And this love is not just an emotion. It's not just a compassion. It's not just a feeling. It is a person. Are you with me? 
This love, somebody say, is a feeling. This love is a feeling. So it's not a feeling, sorry. <laughs> it's not a feeling. It's not an itch. It's not an ooh. It's a person. This love is an action word. It's a culture that pushes in a certain dimension. I just want to finish with love before I move on to the next part, which is father. Whitney Gordon, we speak over you all the way in Jamaica. And we command a financial breakthrough over you in line with the will of the Lord for your life. We declare that you will see favor and goodness that will lead you deeper into your relationship with the Lord. I declare over you, Whitney, as the Bible says, that you having all sufficiency, listen, this is the test of your breakthrough, may be able to abound unto every good work. So be it for you and for everyone under the sound of my voice from today and for eternity in Jesus' name. Right. So like I said, I want to do I want to just finish with love real quick before we move to Father. Come with me to 1 John chapter 4, the very next chapter after this one. 1 John chapter 4. And if you come to verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. Tony, call on. Why? There's a reason. For love, somebody say for love, is of God. Someone say for love is of God. And everyone that love it, is born. Everyone that love it is born of God. And knows God. So according to scripture, this love is the quality control of a relationship with God. This love here is the, is the, is the only measurable or only, help me out, English is in my first language, is the only consistently trustworthy oh i'm looking for a word is the only authentic yardstick by which the new birth reality can be measured good to see you monsieur The proof, according to John, 
that you have had the Genio Anathen experience born from above is that agape is working in you. Because agape comes from God. And everyone who has true agape must have been born of God. And must, in essence, and must have known God. In essence, the only place this agape can be found and obtained is via an encounter with this God who is spirit and is seeking worship. Are y'all with me? Let's keep going. He that loveth not does not know God. Now, this is the punch, remember? What is God? Spirit. Who is God? Love. For God is love. It doesn't say God loves. God is love. Remember I told you that First John chapter 3 encapsulates the summary of all we've been looking at so far? This spirit that seeks worship, that is mindful of us and wants to visit us, that is a member of the unseen realm, is love. Verse 8 then blows my mind. Verse 9, sorry. In this, somebody say in this. Someone say in this. In this was the love of God made manifest towards us. Because God sent his only begotten son. Now, I alluded to this earlier on. It was one of the things we had to jump in the curriculum because of time, like I said. This is more about getting you to do your own study than just spoon feeding you everything. But I want us to look at that word begotten in the Greek. It's the word monogenes. Can you see that? Remember I told you it doesn't mean that God had a baby per se. First of all, the word mono should tell you there's a problem here with this translation. Because what does mono mean in the Greek? One. Right? Mono means one or only. Single. Genus here, from which you get the word genes, is the word ginomai. Someone say ginomai. It means to become. Listen, to come into existence, to begin to be, to receive being, to arise, appear in history, come upon the stage, to be made or to be finished, to be performed or to be wrought. You will notice the word born is not present here at all. Can you see this? Nowhere is the word ginomai translated as born. It's translated as to be, to come to pass, to be made, to be done, to come, to become, forbid, arise, to have, to be married to, to be preferred. But nowhere does the word born show up. Because begotten is a mistranslation. 
And I learned this from those who speak Greek. Either as a first language or those who studied it as a classical language. It simply means, look on your screen, single of its kind only. Someone say single. It means in a class by itself. So the phrase, Jesus as the only begotten son, is a mistranslation. The phrase monogenous means a son like no other son. Are you with me? Now, where the begotten came from in the ancient translators was the understanding that Jesus was different from all the other Benai Elohims. From all the other angels and spirit beings. Because he had the very DNA of God in him. And so the understanding was a child has the DNA of a father in them. And therefore they are different from everybody else with respect to the father. And so the English translators added the word begotten to help us explain. But in my opinion they messed it up. He literally sent the son that was like no other son. That's what this verse is saying. God's love was manifest because he deployed the son that was like no other son. In the council of the Benai Elohim, there was one son that stood head and shoulders above every other son. And that was the son the Lord deployed. But I'm going to come back to that in a second when we talk about father. But in this was the law, in essence, God, this agape is manifested by sacrifice. This is what 1 Corinthians 13 was telling us yesterday. That this agape is demonstrated by your willingness and ability to make a costly sacrifice. In this was the love of God made manifest towards us. Because God sent his monogenous son. God sent his son who was like none of the others into the world. Listen, that we might live through him. Tony, this was the manifestation of God's love. Now remember First John chapter 3, let's go back where we started from. He says, John wants us to thorough, to behold, to, to intently examine this kind, this manner, this dimension, this ilk of love. Then in the next chapter, he begins to explain to us how this love works. He says, the manifestation of this love was that God sent his son, in essence, when God told Abraham, Give me your only son. Abraham had a second son. Remember? Abraham had Ishmael. But it's the same word God used only in the Hebrew this time. Because he was saying this one Isaac is like no other. This was the son of promise. This was the son of the woman you married in your youth and waited. Listen, your special son. The Bible says when Abraham died, he gave gifts to all his children. But to Isaac, he gave all that he had. He conferred his essence, his spiritual DNA 
in Nigeria, we would say he vomited spiritually on Isaac. When, when you see a spiritual father and he has plenty of sons, there's always one of those sons that is, you can tell this one took daddy's DNA. This one has, this one has whatever, like Elijah and Elisha. Elijah had a school of prophets. Talk to me, somebody. They were called the sons of the prophet. And then there was Elisha. Elisha was of a different ilk. The spirit of Elijah rested on him. He, he, he didn't just have an impartation. He swallowed the mantle of the father. That's a metaphor of what Jesus was. And the Bible says that precious one he gave. But listen, Tony, the love doesn't stop at the fact that he gave Jesus. And this is where we miss it. See, I, I, the passion of the Christ affected me just as much as he did all the rest of us. I cried. Literally, I was a grown man crying in the cinema. You know, I saw Jesus. And, and see, don't, don't forget what you saw in that movie. You know, it had to be PG for the cinema. People weren't crucified with towels. Crucifixion happened but naked. Right? They didn't put the nails in his palms. They went into his wrists. Mm. There was a big old spear in his side. And before he got to the top of the hill, for all that to happen to him, they had whipped him at the post all night long. Till the Bible says there was no form of comeliness in him. He, till he was an unrecognizable mashup of bone, flesh, and blood. His mother watched them mutilate her son. The sin of the whole world on his shoulders. And the father turned his back on him because he was a purer eyes than to behold iniquity. But Tony, as, as awesome as that is, that's not the extent of the love. That's only 50% of the understanding of that love. The other 50% is this, that we might live through him. The love John told us to behold is not complete in just understanding what he did. You must understand why. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that you can do great things without love. Give your body to be burnt. Give to the poor. Sell your things and give to the poor. Die for another person. All those things are awesome, Tony. But 1 Corinthians 13 was telling us that God or the spirit realm is looking at the reason for these things. We see here, he went through all that. God manifested his love by sending his best so that we might live through him. Live through him. That, in my opinion, Tony, is the missing piece of the average believer's understanding of this God. We understand the sacrifice and we are grateful, but then we, we waste it because we don't understand that the purpose was not just to buy us back, but that we might live, someone say live, through him. Meaning if we don't live that life, 
through. If we don't step into the upgrade of his reality, then that sacrifice is wasted. Verse 10 says, here in, Kali, you get it. Herein is love. He's now going deeper to explain what he's talking about. Not that we loved God. So, the beholding of this love should not start with what he's expecting from you. And you know you're, see, you know you're listening to a holiness preacher, to, to a man who's been preaching on YouTube now. I mean, my, my oldest sermon on YouTube is now officially 13 or 14 years old, Tony. There's a sermon on YouTube of mine that is 14 years old. And I'm glad I have a track. And that's not the ones talking about the ones before. But if all you have to go by is my YouTube history, I have 14 years worth of ministry documented on YouTube. And from day one till today, you will bear me witness, right? I am a man who cries out in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. I preach holiness. I preach righteousness, right? I preach alignment, recalibration, whatever name you want to call it, right? I, 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 I rail against a hyper grace perversion. But hear me. When you're beholding this love, you cannot start with what is required of you. Paul tells us in Romans 12, he says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Someone say by the mercies. God is not asking you to begin your understanding of this love from the perspective of how you must love him. Because you are inadequate to love God. In your own strength, Tony, you are completely unable. You're inadequate. You're insufficient. You will never muster in your own human strength the capacity to walk in this agape. And as we said yesterday, your maturity in God is measured by how much of his agape has found expression in you. The fruit of the Spirit, will come to that, is love and then eight other words that explain love in different contexts. All the other words, joy, peace, meekness, all this, they're all explanations of how love acts. Let's go there. I, I, I'm trying to be quick, but let's go there. Let's go there. Come read the Galatians, please. The book of Galatians. Urabakati Belentia. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Let us go there. Let's look at this with your own two eyes. Remember I said the proof that you've had the new birth experience is love? Well, what happens when you have the new birth experience? The Holy Spirit literally comes and lives inside you. And the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit. Notice it says fruit, not fruits. Singular means the proof of the Spirit is, someone say love. You can go home. That's it. There's only one fruit. It's love. But sir, there are nine. No, slow down. There's one fruit. It's called love. Now this love will manifest itself as joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and temperance remember it's a culture rooted 
in the fact that if God, if you know God loves you, if the Bible says the spirit cries out within us by adoption, saying, Abba, Father, there will, in essence, if I am beholding and dwelling in this love, the first manifestation will be that whatever circumstance happens in my life, Tony, I will have joy. Whatever is going on around me, I will have peace. Whatever is required of me, I will be able to be long-suffering. And then, so those first three are how I work out God's love to me. Love, so love, joy, peace, long-suffering. The remaining five are how I work out that love to others. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. One of the gaps we jumped was this verse here. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. But this is the summary of walking in the spirit. We just read it. Let's go back to 1 John. Hearing is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Tony, in essence, the beginning of understanding this love is taking it for granted that he loved you. And he proved it already. However, listen, verse 11 says, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, then God dwells in us. And his love is perfected in us. In essence, this love starts as the embracing of the reality of what God has been to us. How he chased us in spite of us messing up the Elohim people equation. And that overflow shows up in how we deal with other people. But we need to move on tonight because of time. We could literally spend a whole year teaching on love. It then tells us that this love is bestowed, Tony, by the Father. Remember, 1 John 4 tells us that the love, the love was manifested in that he sent his monogenous, his, his special son, that we might live through him. In essence, God said, I am going to send you an example. I want you to enter him. Why? Because I want to be your father. Let's deal with the concept of father. Behold what man of love the father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Someone say called. Let's look at the word called first. It's the word kaleo. Some of you know this word, right? One of my favorite Greek words. Now, kaleo means to utter, to call, to salute, to
to receive the name of. Now, I want to show you its most significant use in the New Testament. And that would be in the book of Romans, in my opinion anyway, the book of Romans chapter 8. I want to show you how this word kaleo is used in Romans chapter 8. Because if you don't understand how it is used in Romans chapter 8, you will not appreciate what it's doing in 1 John chapter 3. So these are all the, all the instances of the word kaleo in the New Testament Greek. And I'm going to scroll down till I get to Romans chapter 8. Because many of you know this scripture. Romans 8 says, listen, Moreover, whom whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Someone say called. Someone say called. And the word called there is kaleo. And whom whom he called, he also justified. Someone say called. All right. Now, let's look at the interlinear, because it's a very interesting phenomenon here. It says, horse de prorizo, prorizo means to predestinate, means literally to put in a destination ahead of time. Tutos kai kalio kai horse kalio. Kai kalio, he called. Someone say called. And now you understand that the word called there, Tony, doesn't just mean that somebody called you by your name. The word calling here is understanding what you and I know a calling to be. If I say I am called to be an apostle, it doesn't mean that my title is apostle. It means there was a system of dealings by which heaven made it clear to the earth that this man has been assigned the jurisdiction of the apostolic. Your calling is different from your purpose. Your calling is the process by which you are invited into your purpose. Can I get a witness, somebody? Let me repeat. Your calling is the process by which you are invited. It is a summons. It is an event or series of events by which you are initiated and commissioned into a divine office or assignment. When the Bible says the gift and calling of God are without repentance, what God is saying, it doesn't say the purpose of God is without repentance, because you can have a purpose you never fulfill. But when you are called, when heaven has gone through the trouble of saying this is the man and this is the job, then the Bible says that is without repentance. Be careful how you treat a man who has been called. Pardon? Mm -hmm. When a man has had a seat, see, if a spirit has ever taken the time to, in an act of sovereignty, put its mark on a human being, that human being may not be your mate. Let me repeat. 
if there was ever a day where a spirit being, by a series of dealings, initiated a human being into an assignment and an office and confirmed it practically, that's not the guy you want to mess around with. Miriam and Aaron, he may be your younger brother, but he's not your mate. He may be a bald head, kids, Elisha, but he's not your mate. And the Bible says that this love was to the intent that we should be kaleoed as the sons of God. In essence, there is a calling, someone say a calling, that Adam fell from the Benai Elohim, the Kedushim. That the, the, the manner of this love was bestowed on us that we should be invited, summoned back to this office of the prime Elohim, prime Benai Elohim. Now let's look at a couple of words. I'm going to come to the word father in a second because that word father there is deep. Again, you could spend a whole year teaching it. But let's look at the word bestowed. Someone say bestowed. It's the word didomi or didomi. It means, listen, to give something to someone, to grant, to allow someone have, to supply, to furnish, to extend, to present. Now listen, this is why I said it's more than just giving. To give over to one's care, Tony. To entrust or commit something to be administered or religiously observed. Can you see that? It also means to commission. So a bestowment is more than just a here you go. It means I'm giving you something of value that I expect you to spend or to pay specific attention to and to, what's the word I'm looking for now? To administer in trust. The Bible says this love was bestowed. Now remember first, John 4 tells us what the love was. The love was that Christ came to die as a propitiation for us, that we may live through him. God says, that piece of living through him, I need you to be specifically attentive to and to guard with your life. In essence, if all we have from salvation is fire insurance, then we have wasted the bestowment. Secondly, we should be called the Benai Elohim. Remember? In Greek or Hebrew, sons of God. A class of being with a dimension of reality that is not normal life for a man. Now, I'm not, I, don't be, I don't belong to the, to the theological group that talks about this literally making us quote and unquote. Now, okay, let me, I take that, uh, let me be careful. I'm not talking about becoming metahumans. And therefore worthy of worship. 
I mean, Tony, that salvation should mean. Can we can we finish it, please? Yeah, that salvation should mean that there are things that are common to your reality and experience that don't line up with the normal human experience. Because there is a dimension of life in you that is not common to the normal human. Secondly, that you have been called into the place of governance with and of God in the earth. This is why we don't go to heaven when we get saved. Because God has an assignment for governing the earth. And the original plan was a family business where God through his son Adam and Adam's descendants as sons of God would run the family business. And the Satan's kingdom interrupted that plan. And salvation was designed to bring us back to that plan. God wanted proskineo from Adam because it was the only way Adam would get proskineo from creation. Let me repeat. God demanded proskineo from Adam not because God was insecure. But Adam's covenant of proskineo with Yahweh meant creation Listen, had to proskineo Adam. Creation was subject to Adam's authority. And when Adam fell out of line with God, the centurion said, I am a man under authority, therefore I can say to one, go and he goes. The moment a military officer resigns his commission, he loses the right to command junior ranking officers. Who you proskineo determines what proskineos you. Christ came as a son. Let's discuss, now let's discuss that word father and son. Why did Christ have to come as a son? Because God realized that Adam and his descendants misunderstood the originally, original design. Adam is the only Old Testament man God refers to quote and unquote as a father. With one, I told you there's one exception. That exception is David. Now, nowhere does God specifically call David his son face to face. But the Bible, speaking about Jesus in a messianic office, refers to David. Let me show you. Let me show you. We worship you. Psalm 89. Psalm 89. Let's go there. Miss Deborah, you got it. Order. Psalm 89. All right. 
Are we there? Are we there yet? <laughs> Psalm 89. Let's go to verse 26. If I'm not mistaken. Listen. Remember I told you nowhere does God directly call David's son in a relationship with David, right? This is a prophecy. It's a messianic utterance. Okay. It's talking about David. I mean, we know the scripture. It was the word of the Lord to us earlier this year. You know, uh, it says, you have spoken a vision to your holy one. You've laid help upon one in his mind. You've exalted one chosen among the people. Listen, I have found David my servant. With my holy all, I have anointed him. With whom, now bear in mind, by the time this psalm was being written, David was already king. Hello? Let's look at who wrote the psalm first of all. Because not all psalms are the same. The psalm was a masculine of Ethan the Ezraite. Does that make sense? This guy was, or David was already king. This was in one of the Psalms David wrote when he was a shepherd boy. But it says, I, I have found David, I will anoint him with my holy oil. But you've anointed him already. With whom shall my hand be established? My arm shall, listen now, I found him, I'll anoint him, right? Why? I want to establish my hand with him. I want my arm to strengthen him. The enemy will not be able to trick him, exact upon him, or the son of wickedness afflict him. This is why it's foolish to, Tony, it's dumb to attempt an assignment you're not anointed for. Because the enemy will afflict you. Your anointing is your protection. I'll beat down his foes before his face. I'll plague them that hate him. Listen, my faithfulness and mercy shall be with him. In my name shall his home be exalted. Many times in the Psalms and other parts of scripture, God will talk about a person and a future manifestation interchangeably. In the same chapter, he'll move between a spirit and a human or in the case of David, in the same Psalm, between David the man and the future Jesus as the son of David. And this is one of those psalms where the psalmist prophetically is switching between past and present across the psalm. Now, listen, he says, I'll set his hand in the sea and his right hand in the river. He shall cry out unto me, thou art my father, my God. Listen, thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my what? Salvation. I will make him my firstborn. I will make him. This is how he may help you to understand it. I will look at me. I will make of him or from him my firstborn. Jesus. He is descendant of the flesh. Higher, listen, than the kings of the earth. This is the only time in the Old Testament God refers to himself as the father of a human being. And it's a messianic reference. Because, let's, now let's go to the genealogy in the New Testament. Oh, this is good. Someone say, this is good. Luke chapter 3. And when you get to the book of Luke, what should you do? Look. Someone say, look well. Don't get to look and be blind. When you get to look, when you get to Luke, you must look. Luke chapter three. It traces the, the genealogy of Jesus. 
This now, he says, he began to be about 30 years of age as being as was supposed, meaning we know Joseph wasn't his real daddy, the son of Joseph. Then he traces the lineage, right? From Joseph to Heli, all the way, listen, to what? The son of Enos, the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam. And Adam was what? The son of God. The concept of us being children or sons of God, Tony, is, re is an exclusive New Testament concept. The Old Testament Israel was called his people. They were called the people of God and the children of Abraham. They were not called the sons or the children of God per se. God refers to, to Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh, release Israel. He doesn't say my children, he says Israel is my firstborn. The cons, why? Because Israel, the prince of God, was, when God looked at the nation of Israel, he was seeing the seed of Abraham. He, in a sense, he was saying inside Israel, is my firstborn. But he didn't refer to the, or, to the individual Israelites. Even See, God doesn't call Abraham his son. He doesn't call Moses his son. Doesn't call Enoch of all people his son. Why? Because they cannot be his sons because they have fallen from the concept of what the Hebrews understood sonship to be. Now, I've shown you this before. Uh, Tony, can I get with some water in it, please? I'll just do it again for those who haven't seen me do this before. Let me explain to you pictorially what the Hebrew mind understands a father to be. As quickly as possible, please. Thank you. Thank you, sir. This is the Hebrew understanding of father. It's the word Abba. Is that working? Okay. All right, cool, cool. Just checking. So, in the Hebrew, you have a container that's empty. You have a container that's full. If I pour from this into this, Cool. This was the container that was full. This is the one that was empty. Let me do it where you can see. And I'm pouring. It now means that moving forward after that pour, that this guy here will call this guy Abba. Does that make sense? The word literally means source or the one from whom I got my life. I was full. My life was filled from the source of your life. 
there is only one Old Testament man who could literally say, I am living the life that came from God. And his name was Adam and then Eve, obviously. After the fall, no other human being could honestly claim that the life in their loins was identical to the life that came from God. You don't understand. Do you believe me yet? Okay, let, let, let's go a bit deeper. Oromokotiba. Let me show you this in another genealogy. Another genealogy. Genesis chapter 5. The first genealogy in scripture. Let me show you how this sun thing works. Someone say this sun thing. Right, so male and female created. Okay, so this is the book of the generations of Adam. Someone say generations. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Mm. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name to all the men who believe that women are second class citizens, called their name Adam in the day they were created. Someone say they were created. Eve existed from day one. She was just sharing the same body as the other guy. So the fact that she moved out doesn't mean she has any less right to the blessing that was on the composite being. Does that make sense? And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son. Look at that. Oh, you're not seeing my screen. Sorry. I didn't realize you weren't seeing my screen. Adam lived 130 years and begat a son. Everybody, please type or shout this phrase. Shout it out, everybody. Type it out, everybody. Adam begot a son, what? In his own likeness. After his image. Where have we seen this language before? Genesis chapter 1, remember? In verse 26, God makes a general statement. Then in verse 27, a specific statement. Let us make man in our, I told you that's not the Trinity. I think we've, we've established that, right? It's talking about the, the, the image of, of quote unquote, a class of being, Elohim. And after our likeness. But then verse 27, God, so for instance, like, can, let me take this deeper. So Tony, if I say, let all of us who are British citizens stand up in a room of a thousand people, let's assume 200 stand up. So we are all in that image. We are British citizens. If I then say, let those of us who were born in the UK stand up, some will sit down. So while we are all in the image of being a British citizen, only half of us will be in the image of those who were born in the UK. I then say, those of us who, were, who are UK born citizens and are male stand up all the ladies who were standing would sit down if i said all of us who are british born male citizens who are who are older than 21 all the kids and the young adults would sit down too so 
our image and our likeness gives him the right to have dominion. Because the other image bearers of God have dominion too. Remember? Principalities, powers, rulers. Notice how, notice how demonic forces in the New Testament are always referred to with governmental terms. You know, uh, the, the theme for next year is government. The theme for the Kingdom Culture Summit in 2023 is government. Notice how in New Testament, satanic entities are always referred to by governmental terms. It's not an accident. Because being in the image of God, being a son of God, automatically means that you are wired for dominion. And even when you fall, even when you are a fallen angel, even when you are now an adversary of God, you don't lose the capacity, the desire, and the proclivity, and the tendency to dominion. But then he goes further. He says, so God created man. Notice he said, let us make man. Verse 26, let's make him. But then verse 27 says, so God created man in his own. So there is a deeper dimension of who God is that man carries that the other sons of God in the unseen realm do not and cannot carry. And this, may I add, is the reason why many of them don't like us. Mm -hmm. We're the Josephs of the spirit realm. The father gave us his coat of many colors. And the elder brothers are like, who is this joker? So let's go back to Genesis 5. This is the problem. The problem is, if Adam had had a child before he sinned, we'd be fine. If Adam had had one child before the fall, God in his mercy would have said, Adam, just come home now. Can I kill you? Because any other children you have will automatically carry your error. But Adam and Eve were so busy looking after the garden that they didn't have time to obey the instruction to be fruitful and multiply. I'll leave the rest to your imagination. So because Adam's first child was conceived post-fall, the Bible says the child was begotten in his own likeness after his image. No longer God's. Because Adam no longer had the correct, unadulterated image and likeness of God. Image means representation of. Likeness means behave and function in the same way. Adam no longer functioned like God. As, because after the sin, he was running away from God. And he was no longer an adequate representation of God. And so no other descendant of Adam could be called a son of God. Because no other descendant of Adam met the criteria. So the only other person, I just read to you Psalm 89, was God talking to David in a messianic prophetic tone about his descendant, Jesus Christ. And so God had to send a son because he was redoing the error or undoing, sorry, redressing the error of Adam. Only a son 
could clean up the mess of a son. Secondly, because God always desired to have a lineage of sons that sprang from one son, to get that lineage, he had to send or deploy another son who would, from his loins, birth many. And you cannot be a son if something did not give you its DNA. So the concept of God as father. See, do you understand how crazy the Lord's prayer must have sounded to the early Jew? Our father. It's normal to us. It was not normal to them. They said we have one. See, the Pharisees told Jesus, we have one father, even Abraham. We are not bastards. We have a father. Who is our father? Abraham. That's why they killed him. Because they understood what he was saying. We don't. When he called himself the son of God, he was saying, He was saying, I am the representation of the life of God. I am what Adam was supposed to be. He was saying, there's no sin in me. I am the Messiah. In fact, let me take this deeper. Tony, let's take this deeper. Are you aware that the ancient Jews were aware that the Messiah was coming? Are you aware that in good faith, they weren't tricking him. They had asked him if he was the Messiah. It, oh, help me, Jesus. Tony, whatever the Son of God was to the Jew, it was deeper than the Messiah. Out of my belly. Think about that for a second. They were willing to acknowledge the fact that there may be a Messiah coming who would save us from our sins. But the fact that he could be the son of God was a step too far. Do you get that? Let me repeat. They were willing to accept the fact that there may be a man whose actions would save us from our sins. The Pharisees didn't have a problem with a Messiah. It was a prophecy. The modern day Orthodox Jew in Jerusalem at the Wailing Wall is still wailing for a Messiah. He just doesn't know he came. A human being that would be born and be the deliverance of Israel was not extra theological to them. But they drew the line at the fact that he could claim to be the son of God. And they knew he wasn't talking about the way the... When an average Christian says, my father in heaven, you, 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 you're raping that word of its power because you don't understand what it means. 
That's what I'm saying. They, they prophesied that the Messiah would come. You're right, Monsieur Delarose. They just did not believe that he would be God himself. That's what Jesus was saying. The life of God lives in me. They were saying, I am, I am, the, I am the physical tabernacle. I am the, I am the alluria mata. I'm the mobile embodiment of the very life of God itself. It, it, it offended them so much that they, they killed him for it. That's how they killed him. Very clear. You being a man. They said, you being a man. Let, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's, let me show you. I'm, I'm trying to be quick, but let me show you. John chapter 10. Let me, let me show you what you and I trivialize. Remember it says, this love was made in clay and Jesus dying for us. That we may live through him. Look, 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 look. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Verse 22. The Bible says Jesus asserts his deity. That's what the King James says, right? Oh, you can't see my screen. One second. How did he assert his deity? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication... And it was winter. Somebody say winter. Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. And the Jews came round about him. And they asked him a question. What was the question, Tony? How long do you make us to doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. So, Tony, they had already figured out. This guy meets some of the criteria for the Messiah. They said, tell us plainly. They weren't fighting him. So, it was okay to them. That he may be a Messiah. Colleen, you're right. John 14, 9. That's what we see. Colleen is the miracle of today. She's doing what miracle normally does. She's running ahead of the class. <laughs> Tell us plainly. Jesus could simply have said, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And there would have been no controversy. He was already doing miracles. That was their understanding of what the Messiah would do. The understanding of the Messiah was he would save them from the enemy. And in their mind, the Roman Empire was the enemy. Jesus says, I told you and you believed not. Listen, the works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. This was where he started to seal his death warrant. But you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep know my voice, hear my voice, and I know them. We've talked about that in talking about hearing the voice of God. Listen, then he goes further, verse 29. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is, is, no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Now look of John 10.30. I and my father are one. The Bible says then the same Jews who told him that we, we are ready to believe you are the Messiah. They picked up stones to stone him. So, Tony, if you understand this, your 
your, uh, you get it, Monsieur. You get it, right? You get it. You get it. You get it. Said, now, if you understand this, you will, you will, Tony, look at me. You'll cry for wasting so many years of salvation. As far as these people were concerned, whatever the Messiah was, was lower than a man claiming to be the Son of God. The Messiah was the highest rank in Hebrew theology for what a man could be. They'd spent thousands of years believing for him to come. But even that Messiah, they thought it was, they thought it was sacrilege. They thought it was anathema. They thought it was what I'm looking for now. It was blasphemy for the Messiah himself to claim to be the Son of God. Why? Because of what they knew. This is what it meant. Son meant I and my father are one. Remember the story of the man with the field? He had tenants. He asked them for his rent. They said no. He sent servants. They beat the servants listen, and killed some of them. And the man still didn't get angry. Think about that, Tony. They beat the servants and killed, listen, killed, listen, killed. See, what man, having watched his tenants kill his servants, sends his own biological son? Doesn't make sense if you're not Hebrew. If you're Hebrew, it makes perfect sense. Because the grown son, the heos of a father. In fact, if a father had lost faith in his son, he was required to bring the son to the center of the city and disown him publicly. You know why? Because if you did not disown that son publicly, anything he did could represent you. That son could sell your land. And whoever bought the land from him would legally own it. Because your son was seen as a replica, a representation of you. So he said, if I send my son, he was basically saying they will treat him like me. That was the culture of the Hebrew. And that was what the parable was about. God was saying, all the guys I sent you in the Old Testament, you killed Isaiah, you beat up Jeremiah, you, you, you dealt with, you, you slaughtered Zechariah at the altar. They were all servants. Every Old Testament saint was a servant. Every Old Testament saint was a servant. Christ was the first son. And so he explains to them, you people, you, you don't want to accept this because you know what it means. That I and my father are one. The Bible says then the Jews took up stones to stone him. I mean, I mean, sorry, so you can be the Messiah, but, 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 but don't, 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 don't call God your father. I mean, to the average Christian, it's the other way around, isn't it? The Messiah is a senior office to a son of God. But to the early Jews, a man they had come to the conclusion might be the Messiah 
suddenly was worthy of death because he dared call himself God's son. Because they knew what it meant. I and my father are one. Jesus answered them, many good works have I done for my father. It means I've done so many good things. That, the things that make you think I'm the Messiah. Why are you stoning me? And they answered in verse 33. Look. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone you not. But for blasphemy. Listen. And because. Someone say and because. Meaning the blasphemy is not the because. Can you see it? For blasphemy and because. It's explaining it, but it's not it. Thou being a man, make it thyself God. And what was Jesus' answer? To quote Psalm 80s. Is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. He is, Tony, he's talking about the divine counsel. We, 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 we misinterpreted this to think he was saying that he was talking to human beings then. No, we dealt with that. He was talking to a council of divine beings. But Jesus invokes the same picture. The early Jews knew he was talking about divine beings but he says listen your law is talking about a divine counsel he's saying he called those guys sons look at verse 36 if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came the instruction, Deuteronomy 32, Tower of Babel. Say you of him whom the Father has sanctified. What has he done to us that we read last week? Sanctified us. He giazzled us. Made us kedushim. Body, soul, and spirit. Say you of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world. Thou blaspheme because I said... I am the son of God. He's basically saying, if those jokers are sons, I'm higher. That's what this verse is saying. It's not saying God was talking to human beings in Psalm 82. He's saying those divine beings, if you think they qualify to be sons, how much more the one whom God sanctified. And Tony, the Bible says that's exactly what he's done with us when we get saved. He has done what? Sanctified us. Made us what? Hegioses. Partakers of the inheritance of the saints, the Hegios, the Kedushim, in the light. And of course, after this, they really wanted to stone him. He had to do a miracle and disappear. Are you getting it now? Jesus was saying, you're right. Being a son of God is a big deal. God only became a father when there was someone with a dimension of his life. The angels have a dimension of his life. Adam had a greater dimension. That's why he was the prime Benihim. 
Adam was the, the Adam, listen, Adam was the firstborn of God, even though he was born last. Because the concept of the firstborn in Hebrew is not just about birth order. That's why Esau could sell his birthright to Jacob. So it's not just the order in which you came. Joseph received the double portion, even though he was the 11th son. It's usually the oldest, but that pattern can be lost. It's the son who the father is saying, this is my hair. The firstborn is the hair. And the Bible calls us co-heirs with Jesus. So God, Tony, is only my father to the degree that my life has been, act his life has been activated in him. And that's why 1 Corinthians 6 says, Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Touch not the unto. Anybody who's telling you that you can live in sin and grace will cover it, the person hates you. The person hates you. Come out from among them, Tony. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters. Makribosata. Does it make sense now? Behold what manner of love the father has trusted us with bestowed upon us has given us to steward listen tony that we should be called like you are called into ministry we should be ordained assigned the rank of the sons of god Tomorrow we will look at verse 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, Tony. But it does not yet appear what we shall be. Now, Tony, now, now. You're son of God now. But you don't look like what you should. I am a, you're a son of God. But the crown is, on, the crown is in storage. The scepter has been polished. Look at him and say, I don't appear or I don't look like what I will be. Say, neighbor, don't judge me. Say, neighbor, don't judge me. It may not be obvious, but I'm a son. See, I want to repeat. Let me say this one more time. This office to the early Jew was even higher than the Messiah. They could acknowledge he was the Messiah. They said, tell us, are you the Messiah? We want to know. We're seeing these things. But when he said, I'm the son of God, and that for them, that means my father and I are one. They said, no, 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 no. I mean, you've gone, you've not, now you've gone far. You cray cray. And we don't get it because we don't understand. He's my father because his life lives in me. As 
an example of what it means. The Bible says, that God is the one who calls the things that be not as though they were. That's what that life looks like. But you have a small problem and you say, my life, I'm finished. This, you know what I'm talking about? This afternoon, I was, in a, I was in a meeting online and I found out some bad news. Some news that looked horrible. Now, the news affects, quote-unquote, me, right? Of everybody who was involved in that conversation, you know what I'm talking about, right? Of everybody who was involved in that conversation, it seems like I should be the one who would be the most upset. Yet, I was the one telling everybody else, calm down. You know Why? Because the life of God is in me, Tony. So I don't care what the legal system says. It can only say it if my father has agreed. And if my father has agreed, then why am I disturbing myself? So I said, everybody relax, calm down. This is what we're going to do. We're going to appeal that decision. Right? And if it lines up with God's will, and I'm his son then the impossible is my birthright. Listen, and if, a, see, if you approach a circumstance with that reality and it does not yield, then maybe your father is telling you that I want to work all things together with the circumstance. Either way, I win. So either God will fix the impossible or God has allowed this because there is something he's trying to bring better than what I'm going for. One way or the other, I swear. Also, what the rest of them did not know was that I was kneeling down here from 11 a.m., 11 p.m. last night to almost 4 a.m. this morning. And that's one of the things we, I, God and I addressed. And a decision that had been taking weeks, about months, suddenly... And, I, and I, I sent them a message that morning. I literally said, guys, okay, we're going to pray. Because this is going to be resulting in 48 hours. Now, I, can I be honest? Can I, can I really be honest? You know, uh, you know when you miss an opportunity to look like a prophet? I, I really heard today. But I'm like, just in case it... You know, you want to say today. We're like, uh, 48 hours, meaning by tomorrow. So that, you know, in case, you know, it's late. To, in case it's 11.59 today. And then the decision... To, so, Tony, I raised the issue. And I said, we're going to, it's going to be resolved. I said 48 hours. I literally heard today, but I was just, you know, my Bible says prophesy according to your faith. I was sleep deprived, so my faith was a bit shaky. And then all of a sudden, somebody checked their email and saw that the decision had been made today. So Tony, my father and I spoke last night and said this is going to be resolved today. And then the resolution was not the answer I wanted, but it happened today. Wouldn't you be an idiot to be frustrated? I repeat, my I'm a son. His life, that dimension of calling flows in me. I went to him. I was here. I said, Lord, we need to resolve this thing. He's, he spoke back and said, it will be resolved today. I took up a phone and I typed, guys, this is going to be resolved within, I said, 48 hours. You know, I was a bit cheesy. And then an hour later, they sent back an email saying, oh, by the way, the decision actually came today. But it's not what you want to hear. And you want me to say, eh, no. 
No. I'm going back to my father. Simple. Sir, was this the decision you ratified? I haven't had the time yet. But when we're done this evening, we're going to go back and say, Lord, was this, was, was this what you told me would be resolved today? If this is what you were saying, then you have better in store. And if not, then like you, I will call the things that be not as though they are. And they will be. The Bible says he quickens the dead. And calls the things that be not as though they are. Means he, he, eesh, he resurrects dead things. So why am I concerned because some legal system said some, no. no. Do you know how many women we've seen over the years? who removed their fallopian tubes and a, and, and, a, and a prophecy from God came and the woman laughed and nine months later she had a baby. <laughs> I mean, somebody removed their womb, their uterus and their fallopian, everything, snip, snip, snip. And he said, you will have a child by next year. And there was a child. That's the God we serve. And you're his son. Think about it. Oh, but it's responsibility. That God saw you as an enemy and died for you. But you are blocking people on YouTube or on Facebook or social media because they disagree with your tweet. You're going to cut people off. How dare they? You're not his son. His life doesn't flow in you. If his life flows in you, you will walk in both the power and the culture of the one whose life is flowing in you. You can't see my legs, but um, if I twisted my legs any further out, I'd break my torso. So do you see what I'm doing? You will have one foot facing his power, another foot facing his culture. And with both of them, you will walk in the balance of what he can do. The power of God is what he's able to do. The culture of God is what he chooses to do. That's what it means to be a son of God. And that is the result of working in the spirit. But we will see tomorrow that you can be a son in abeyance. And you will not appear what you will be until he appears. Until he is activated in your life. Celebetia. Lift your voice and pray with me, somebody. Lambroko sebeleke tata, zigedebo, zigedebo, lauruman zegediba, zigedebata, salabrodo, zigedebeleke tilabata, zigedebo riatata, zatonentevre. Say, God, I declare that I am a son. You are my father. Ah! Let the reality of your paternity. Find expression in my life. Let the reality of your paternity find expression. Help me to behold. This is what John meant when he said, Behold. He says, I want you to chew on the fact that there is a manner of love that has been bestowed on you because God has chosen 
to father you. He says, deep it. Someone say, deep it. I want you to deep it. Ilavrate. Korabadino shadabi. Sandili muraila. Come on, pray, pray. Can we take three minutes? Just say, Lord, in this season of my life, work this into my reality. And for those of us ministers, we, we're very, it's very easy for us to walk in this reality on a pulpit in the anointing. But I'm not a son of God because I'm anointed. I'm anointed because I am a son of God. Let me repeat. I said, I'm not a son of God because I am anointed. Rather, I am anointed as a natural consequence of my sonship in God. Help me to behold. Help me to thorough. Help me to... Remember, it says, in this was the love of God made manifest. Tony, what's the value of a thing? Or what's the price of a thing, sorry? Yes. Exactly. The price of a thing is what? The value of that thing. What did it cost God to buy you? It cost him the monogenies. It cost him the son that was like no other son in the heavens. Because in his eyes, you are like no other son. You are the value God placed on Yeshua. Rather, Yeshua, sorry, is the value God placed on us. So for instance... Because there's one standing there right now to my left, standing right there, there, turning that corner there, literally where that the corner of that wall, he's there, he's there. You know why they show up like this? Because Yeshua said on the eve of his suffering, I can call 12 legion of angels. Tony, if he has access to them, so do we. So do we. Satan told him if you jump if you jump an angel will catch you Jesus didn't say you're wrong because Satan was right an angel will catch you the Bible says he's given his angels charge charge the Bible says they are ministering spirits sent to minister not to for those they're sent to do things on our behalf they're at it, it's part of the life yes no 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 self-respecting monarch sends his children into public without security but listen Bible says they stand in the presence of the Lord. They hearken unto the word of the Lord. 
so they are useless if you starve them of God's presence in your life and of your obedience to the logos and rema of God so that's why you can be a son but it does not yet appear so that guy has been there for a while but now we're going to deploy him and his friends father thank you for the angelic presence in this room and we activate them now on assignment we command bodies to be healed yokes to be broken we send them into corridors of power where decisions are being made and taken concerning our lives And we instruct them to move things in our favor. Creative miracles, strange deposits in physical bodies we command to be exhumed by the angelic ministry tonight of the Lord and his, his anointed ones. Hearts of kings turned. Herod slapped in the spirit. See, Tony, I come from a place where a man would tell you, I would deal with you. And you're walking to the market, and, or woman, whichever. You're walking to the market the next day, and a physical hand will slap you. I'm not joking. An invisible, but you will feel the slap. And once that person is slapped, their brain starts to disintegrate. Oh, yeah. They start to lose their mind. Tear their clothes. Or worse, they will be allowed to stay insane nominally, but begin to destroy their life. The man will go home and kick his wife of 20 years out. And bring a woman to replace her who both physically and behaviorally is twice as ugly. The wife is far more beautiful than the woman and she's far better behaved to him. And this new one will be a thorn in his side. She'll make him, I'm telling you true life story. She'll make him wash her underwear in the sun. Because an invisible hand slapped you. How much more the God whose child you say you are? Father, right now I release the hand of God. And I slap in the spirit every purveyor of demonic affliction one two three bah! every demonic emissary every human being that has arrayed themselves as a vessel of darkness against our lives purposes and destinies i declare let the invisible hand of the lord and that of his angels now begin to dispense five-fold ministry father let there be slaps in the unseen realm let them run out in tears let there be confessions. In some cases, deathbed confessions. Let men say, this is what we have been doing. We are the reason why this has been happening. Let fire begin to burn. Now, Lord, I dispatch angels of vengeance tonight. I, ah, that's what they are. The ones I'm seeing are angels of divine vengeance. Notice, I didn't say revenge avenge god says vengeance is mine it's only revenge when you do it it's avenging when somebody else does it and trust me god can do it a lot more efficiently than you can
father the bible says jesus read the book he stopped halfway the next the next phrase says and the day of vengeance of the lord because that was for the post-resurrection ministry and the second coming father i declare concerning my life and everyone under the sound of my voice and everyone and everything connected to us in line with your will that today on our behalf is the day of vengeance be jealous for your sons I hear wailing in the camp of the enemy. I hear wailing, wailing. One more plague and Pharaoh will let you go. Father, we declare tonight is the night of the Passover. Hear me. The Passover happened on the 14th and the 15th of the first month. The full moon. Are you letting hear me? The Passover, read, check, do your calculation. Passover is always a full moon. Are you aware? It's always the 14th slash 15th. Tonight is a full moon. I declare that the Passover anointing is upon every life connected to this house, connected to prayer culture, even everyone listening, whether for the first time or not, that the angel of the Lord is on the hunt against anything that has represented affliction in our lives and our destinies tonight pharaoh will let us go we declare tonight that pharaoh will let us go in the name of jesus and father we declare that we come out with 430 years worth of back pay we're not coming out for free with interest yes in the glory in the anointing in our health in our peace of mind in our wealth in our destiny success whatever has been afflicted stolen delayed and denied the god of vengeance tonight will establish not just freedom and deliverance but back pay to god be the glory great things he has done to God be the glory, greater things he is doing as we speak, even now. To God be the glory, the greatest yet things he is about to do. Now and forever, we worship and belong to you. Somebody put those hands together for worthy God. Clap your hands, oh you people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. We are back at 11 p.m. tonight for the press. Remember, it's a special press. It's a full moon press. We will not spend too long tonight. I perceive we'll be doing this for no more than 90 minutes. But from the first bell, we are going to break some things in the spirit. We're also going to be praying about the will of God in this season of the summit for everything he has for us that we will not be cheated of anything. We won't be bought off by mercy drop. Somebody say we want the full reign. We want the full reign. Of course, we're seven days exactly now away from the Kingdom Culture Summit. Next week, Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. in the morning in the city of London, in the eastern part of the city at the Elim Pentecostal Church at 8.30 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, sorry. The details are on your screen. Also live online via YouTube and Facebook. The Kingdom Culture Summit will kick off and our lives will never be the same again. 
a transaction of coronation the enemy has lost the battle and we will emerge with the victory if you haven't registered please go to the link at the bottom right of the screen summit.kculture.org and register right about now do it now do it now do it now don't wait don't 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 postpone it do it right now also if you are able to volunteer your time at any time point in time during the week even if you're around for the whole week but you only want to volunteer one day we'll take it we have so much that needs doing so many hands that we need to plug several gaps like i said this event has metastasized and grown from where we thought we were just going to grab 100 people in the embassy and now it's 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 what it is and so please in the video description right now there is a google form link please click on it and fill it tell us who you are what days and times you're available so we can inform you how we would be best how the kingdom will be best served by your service tonight i'm asking for you to give an offering tonight specifically towards the summit i'm not gonna make too much uh, noise about it but it's this is the, the final week to go and so if you feel called to be a part of what god is doing at the summit the budget is in multiple tens of thousands amen but god is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask think or imagine we don't spend pounds we spend glory we don't spend naira for my nigerian brothers and sisters we spend glory but if you want to give to the summit or anything else the details are on your screen but if you are a regular giver you are tither or you are a financial partner with kingdom culture and when we say financial partner we literally mean any amount as long as you give it on a regular basis please 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 make sure that you send us your details if you have not already to the following email address it is kingdom builders that's our partnership family kingdom builders at kculture.org why because we want to make sure that you are a partaker of what we are putting together as God's instruction for us to give back to you both practically and spiritually. We want to come alongside you and leave no doubt, no space for doubt in the equation of you fulfilling your destiny and especially in the area of your financial resource life. Amen, amen, and amen. We are back tomorrow at 7 p.m. again. We'll be teaching pretty much every night till the entire uh, It Is Written journey is over. The last night is the, 20, the 14th of November. We're also going to take time that night to pray. Somebody say to pray. We're going to take time that night to pray. Most of us, uh, most of the workers getting ready for Tuesday will be in London at that time. And maybe we'll see if we can get everybody together in one place so they're not just teaching. Maybe we'll just spend that entire night just going deep in the Holy Ghost in prayer. We'll see what the Lord has to say. But we're back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Make sure that you are there. Spread the word. Again, I can't stress how important it is tonight. It's not just a full moon, remember. It's a full lunar eclipse, a blood moon. And Tony, hint, hint, is it any surprise that tonight is also the night of the American midterm elections? But I guess these things are just... Yeah, we saw that, didn't we? All right. But I guess they're just coincidences. They're not. The spirit realm has clues on how to orchestrate divine outcomes. We just have to take the hint. Love you guys. See you tonight at 11 p.m. UK time. That is in almost exactly two hours from now. So the times have moved around the world to make sure that you are back in sync 
with the time in the UK, whatever time that is where you are. Love you. Take care. See you at 11 p.m. Bye-bye.